My name is Ruth, if we haven't met before. Uh, I'm married to Dan, who's at the back. My children are Phoebe and Josiah are here. Uh, and we have a Labrador called Jensen. Um, in, as part of the family here uh, with Dan, we oversee the family hubs. We lead our own family hub. Yes, well done. Um, and... Uh, in my day job, when I'm not here or not being mum or wife, I'm a senior manager in surgery and anaesthetics at the Halifax and Huddersfield hospitals. I'll explain while I've said all of that a little bit later. I'm not just giving you my CV. Um, I don't need another job, just got one, thanks. So we're going to have a look at, if you can open your Bibles or your apps or whatever it is you're choosing to use, um, to John chapter 12. Verses 20 to 28. And I'm going to read it from the message, which might be a little bit different to what you have. So, there were some Greeks in town who had come to worship at the feast. They approached Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee. Sir, we want to see Jesus. Can you help us? Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip together told Jesus. They obviously needed to go in a pair. Um, Jesus answered, time's up. The time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Listen carefully. Unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, it is never any more than a grain of wheat. But if it is buried, it sprouts and reproduces itself many times over. In the same way, anyone who holds onto life just as it is, destroys that life. But if you let go, reckless in your love, you'll have it forever, real and eternal. If any of you wants to serve me, then follow me. Then you'll be where I am, ready to serve at a moment's notice. The Father will honour and reward anyone who serves me. So looking at those verses in John, particularly that last verse in verse 26... If any of you wants to serve me, then follow me. We've already talked quite a lot about serving this morning. We've sung about Jesus, the servant king. And Lucy has told us that story again of Jesus, how he served his friends by washing their feet. And to follow Jesus and to serve Jesus go hand in hand. If you want to follow Jesus, then you need to be serving Jesus. And if you serve Jesus, well, then you really have to be following Jesus. And there are many verses in the Bible that kind of have this come and go instruction attached to them. So come to me, follow Jesus, but then serve me, go and do. So the Bible says, come to me, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There's an invitation to gather, to come, to be with Jesus. And then in Matthew, the Great Commission, go and make disciples, go out and serve and do. It tells us to come near to God and he will come near to you. And then Jesus says, if you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions and give to the poor. And then, of course, there's a verse that tells us to do both. So it says, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. So when we're thinking about following Jesus together... If we're following Jesus together, then we will be, should be, serving Jesus together as well. So let's think about what serving is. A quick caveat. There are no sign-up sheets that are going to appear. I'm not on a recruitment drive. 
This is about heart attitude. If, however, you do feel a call to serve in a particular area, I'm quite sure the operations team can direct you to a gap that we might have on a rotor. But let's talk about what service is, because it is bigger than simply what we do here on Sunday mornings. So can we have a look at Colossians chapter 3, verses 22 to 25? And I'm really sorry, Amy, I didn't give you these verses beforehand. So if you get them up, that's great. And if you don't, we'll still be friends. Okay. <clears throat> So, Colossians 3. Servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters, and don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Work from the heart of your real master for God, confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The sullen servant who does shoddy work will be held responsible. Being a follower of Jesus doesn't cover up bad work. I'm sure it goes on to say something a bit more positive at the end. Um, But it's, you know, a more traditional translation will tell us, do everything as unto the Lord. So the instruction there is, whatever we do, do it as if you are doing it for Jesus, because of course we are, and do your very best at doing it. So therefore, service is anything that we do to serve the needs of other people. So that might be something that you do in a voluntary capacity. It might be something that you fulfil on a rota here on a Sunday morning. It is also, if you're in paid employment, what you do out in the world. Because servanthood is an attitude of heart. The acts that we do as servants come from a heart attitude of devotion and servanthood and being in close relationship with Jesus. So you can do anything as unto the Lord. Take ironing, for example. I hate ironing, as you can probably tell. I will do anything to avoid ironing. I did a happy dance when Phoebe decided it was cold enough that she could wear a school jumper and therefore only the collar of her shirt was visible so I don't have to iron five school shirts a week. I cannot stand it. When Dan and I were talking about getting married, I cannot lie, it went through my head, this man is never going to wear a shirt to work five days a week, therefore I think I can marry him. Honestly, it was a consideration. Shirts get irons for weddings, funerals and concerts, that's it. Other than that, you have to wear a t-shirt and a jumper, I'm just not interested. It's jo- or job interviews, I'm just not going to do it. I'm sure there are people who are going to tell me they have the most intimate spiritual experiences with Jesus whilst they are ironing. I am never, ever... I'm sure it's going to be Pamela, actually. Pamela's going to take this one side later and tell me that when she's ironing... Yes, I knew it would be. (coughs) Knew it would be Pamela. She has the most intimate conversations with Jesus. It's just no. I just... Not ironing, okay? But there are other things you can do unto the... You can do everything unto the Lord and so what it when it is those daily household bits and pieces if it is giving your time for free to serve to bless if it is what you do in paid employment if your heart attitude is that of a servant you're doing it unto the Lord and therefore it is part of your service to King Jesus so how do we get to that attitude of servanthood it comes from place of devotion it comes from being with Jesus now the word devotion 
Quite often in the church, we can use it synonymously with quiet time or with reading my Bible time or prayer time. It's a bit of an intimate time. But devotion in its truest sense is something that is constant and continual. And the very best example of devotion that I can give you from my life is my relationship with Jensen, my Labrador. Okay? Right? Sorry, kids, husband. It's not going to be you. It's going to be the dog today. So Jensen, my Labrador, he's a working dog. He's a thoroughbred Labrador. He has a kennel club long fancy name. Jensen's kind of like his alias. He's got another long complicated name. He's like proper purebred working Labrador. So he is trained and bred to be obedient and devoted to his master. So he is about 95% devoted to me as his master. He is 100% devoted to Dan as his master because Dan's the one who gets him up in the morning and takes him out for the walks in the dark. So his devotion to us, he will do anything to make us happy because when he makes us happy and we're pleased with him, then he gets some foul-smelling animal part which he likes to chew on and that for him is living his absolute best life. So his devotion is all about pleasing us and making us as happy as possible. If he does something wrong and he gets told off, which as you'll know in our household, it happens, he gets told off, he goes and sulks. He knows he's done wrong and that he'll come back I'll give him something to do. He does it well. He gets praise. He gets his rabbit foot or whatever it is that comes out the box next. It's a bit gross. I'm really sorry, vegetarians, vegans. I do apologise. But that's what he likes to eat. So that is the best example I can give you of devotion. It is a constant relationship. He is always looking for how he can please us best. And that is a good picture of how our relationship with Jesus should be. It is that constant and ongoing devotion to him. And it comes from daily talking and walking and being with Jesus. You can read in the Gospels so many accounts of how Jesus was with other people, how he always preferred other people. He put other people's needs before his own and did great things. He went up the mountain to pray. He needed some space. All the introverts can identify with that. Enough people, I'm going up here for some space. The crowds followed him up. And what did he do? He put himself to one side and he taught them and he ministered to them and he gave them lunch and he looked after them. He put their needs ahead of his own. So self-servanthood is self-sacrificing. It's preferring others. How countercultural is that right now? Now, I'm a big user of social media, and huge amounts of the social media that I follow is about self care, looking after yourself. Now, there is a whole other preach on how self care is good and right, and how you can't give out of an empty vessel. However, I'm talking about serving. So, serving is self sacrificing, it is putting yourself to one side and giving yourself to the needs of other people. That is massively countercultural. That, when you talk to non Christians about that, it doesn't make sense in their heads because it is that kingdom thing that turns everything upside down. To put yourself to one side and to give yourself to other people speaks volumes to the world. When I tell people about when we had our babies and people in this room and others just brought casserole dishes and freezer trays full of food for weeks and weeks they are just gobsmacked 
You know, I had friends who literally lived on cold cups of tea when they had the babies because they didn't have that support system. The things that we do like that speak volumes to the world. Now, it's important when we're talking about service to realise that there's an opportunity for the enemy to get in here. And I think if we're going to continue to be resilient and growing children and family of God, to know where the enemy is likely to try and get a foothold puts us on the front foot and allows us to prepare for it. Because when we talk about serving and we look at one another and what other people do, it can be really easy to say, well, they do that and they give up that time and they do that thing and they do this here and they're always doing this. I can't do that. And that's where the enemy gets in and goes, no, you can't do that. Compare yourself to them. You're not a patch on them. The attitude of servanthood is one of, I can. I know my limits. I know my skills. I know my abilities. I know my anointings. And so I can do these things. So for example, like I said, I work in the hospitals. Because of the skills and experience and some qualifications that I have, I can do the job that I do. I can wear the badge that I can wear and I can go and do the job that I've got to do. It doesn't mean I can walk into theatres and decide to put somebody to sleep or indeed operate on them. I don't have the skills and qualifications to do that. That's not part of my job. Those are my limits in that area. Now, I've got many recipe books. I have an oven and a hob, vast amounts of baking equipment, most of which belong to my daughter, actually, and a cupboard with various flowers and stuff in. I can make all right food that keeps everybody fed. I cannot waltz into the Fat Duck restaurant and whip up something that would blow Heston Blumenthal's socks off. I don't have the skills, patience or diligence to do that. (coughs) That's never going to happen. Those are my limits, and I'm quite okay with that. I could knock on Lewis Hamilton's doors... Lewis for this afternoon, come on. Um, I could knock on Lewis Hamilton's door and challenge him to a drag race, me in my mini, him in whatever Mercedes he has right now. I could, I wouldn't win, probably trash my mini, and I'm not going to do that. Those are my limits. I am comfortable in my skills, my abilities, and my anointing. Like Trevor said a few weeks ago, we wouldn't expect anybody to just stand up and lead worship. There is an anointing and a skill that needs to come with certain areas of service. And when we're comfortable in what we can do, because we have that relationship with Jesus, our security is in what he has called us to do in our lives, that is our safeguard against comparison with other people. That keeps us safe from the enemy who will put us in a box and say, well, you can't do that. You can't do what that person does. For us to be clear on our calling with Jesus actually opens the way for us to do many, many more things. And when we put that together with other people and the things that we can do together, the service we can bring to our communities and to our family, that is even so much more... That's rubbish English, Ruth. That is so much more powerful than what we can simply do on our own. So following and serving Jesus together... So we've, we've had it in our family hub a while ago. There was a need, it came up. And together, the things that we pulled together to serve a need were incredible. You know, we have people with time resource who could put things together, who, could, who have great skills in the kitchen and could bake things. People have financial resource who could buy things and, and all that kind of stuff. You might be somebody who loves to cook and is really good at cooking and baking. And when there's a need and someone needs some meals... 
you kind of go, ah, but I can't drive, I don't have any transport, I couldn't get that thing to that place. Well, how about if you linked up with someone in your hub who really wanted to serve but didn't have the time to cook, you could put that together. That's a really practical example. The things that we can do together are much more powerful than what we can just do on our own. So this devotion that we have with Jesus, this servanthood attitude comes from a... Sorry, Josiah is making a noise in my ear. It is that attitude of devotion. It is that intimacy with Jesus. It's out of that heart attitude of wanting to serve King Jesus. We've sung about King Jesus this morning. We talk about him being our friend. We talk about him sitting in the dark places with us, leading us through difficult times, celebrating with us on the mountaintop. He is our friend, our companion, our all in all, everything we could ever need. And he is the king. He is the king of kings and lords of lords. He is King Jesus. And his greatest call on our lives is to follow him and to serve him. If you think there's a call on your life to do something, check it. Is it following Jesus? Does it serve Jesus? Because if it doesn't do both of those things, I'd go back to God and check if you heard him right the first time. Because following Jesus and serving Jesus go hand in hand. And if we are truly devoted to him and really would lay down our lives for him, lay down our careers, our dreams, our desires, our finances, decisions that we've made, if we would really lay down those as followers for him, then surely we'll pick up things and do things, put action to our attitude and serve the world around us. So we're going to sing one more song now. That was my smooth link. Um, We're going to sing one more song, but I just want us to take a couple of minutes just to let what we've sung and heard about sink in for a few minutes. Because like I said, this isn't a recruitment drive. Servanthood is an attitude, and it comes from that point of devotion with Jesus. One of the things I like to try and do so I walk to work I live about two streets from the hospital so I walk to work and most of the time I'm walking Josiah to nursery so there's a lot of chat going on I don't often get two minutes to myself but there's a moment when I where we kind of walk around the corner and I can see the hospital building and I try in that moment to just commit my day to Jesus to ask him to be with me to say to him everything I'm doing today Ultimately, it's to serve you, Jesus. It's to serve your children. It's to serve this place. I don't remember to do it every day. And I may then completely forget about Jesus until I walk out at five o'clock. That, you know, let's be honest, sometimes that happens. Most of the time, that happens. But to, to be in a place and to make a commitment to Jesus to say, everything that I do, let it be unto you. Let it be to your glory. Let it be to your kingdom and your purpose. So let's just take a few moments now just to whatever it is that you do, whether it's in a workplace, whether it's voluntary, whether it is looking after grandchildren at home, whatever it is that you find yourself doing, let us now just commit those actions to Jesus and let them come from a place of devotion to King Jesus, King Jesus who made all things possible for us 
who laid down his life so that we might give ours. Thank you, Jesus. In all things, Jesus, let us be your hands and your feet. Let us be your warm embrace, your warm smile, your word of encouragement, your comfort. Let us be people who act out of devotion to you. Let us have people with eyes and hearts and homes wide open to serve one another to serve our communities and our families ultimately Jesus to serve you to bring glory to your name to show the world just how great you are how good how kind how merciful and how loving you are